He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Lexington, Kentucky, here's Bruno DiGiulio. Hey, everybody. Happy Derby week. I am really pumped up. I didn't let anybody know this because I wasn't sure it was going to happen. But we got the man, Bob Baffert, coming on in a couple of seconds. So stay tuned. We will talk to Bob as soon as I catch you up on a couple of things. As you know, our collector's out. He had a little minor injury. He may make the preakness. Don't count him out. Today we had a lot of rain. I got to watch horses hit the track. I don't have any knocks on any really any horses. I, I think so far everybody looks great. Everybody's moving well, and that's just not BS. That's what's what's going on right now. So I'm looking forward to putting out the Derby product tomorrow night. We got the Oaks product is out, and you'll love it. It's a big, strong product with a lot of works, and I got some opinions. So jump on board. So I got that out of the way. I'm excited. I got Bob Baffert. Let me get him. So we tracked him down. The man that I've known way back since the 1990s and uh, who's had quite the career and then some. Mr. Bob Baffert. Dubai Bob. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, my man. So uh, I got to tell you, we go way back to the 90s. I met you when you ran 30 slews at Gulfstream Park in 1992. And uh, I can say I've, I've been there for almost all your fantastic accomplishments other than in Dubai. And my first question right off the bat, you're coming in as the role of the spoiler in this Kentucky Derby. Does that change the way you do things at all? Um, not really. We just come in the way we, I prep them all the same. Um, I, uh, I don't really feel myself as a spoiler. I just feel myself as not having the, uh, the favor, which I've come in here with, uh, I, I, I'd rather be coming in here with a heavy favorite. I like that. <laughs> I don't mind that role. <laughs> I can understand that. I've sat on the balcony. I've sat out on the balcony with you with Justify and a number of other horses that you've had. And the one thing that I can tell is the confidence that you had in some of those horses. And uh, what kind of confidence level do you have coming into the Derby with Authentic, Thousand Words? Uh, and, and we're not even going to talk about Gamine. We'll get to her in a minute. Um, for the Oaks, but how's your confidence level for this Derby? Well, I mean, I, I feel, you know, I, I, I feel like authentic is, uh, he's doing really well. I've always, we've always been very high on him. Thousand words. He, he's steady, just shows up, you know, he's there gets a piece of the action. He ran big last time. He shipped well. He loved Delmar. I mean, he loved Delmar. I couldn't tell here because the track's been wet, so I, I, I don't know what to expect yet, you know, because none of us, we've, we we got here. It's been raining, so, uh, the, you know, we have light gallops over at the – but Authentic, you know, he looks like he's really just coming into this race in, in top form. But, you know, he needs a, he needs a, 
pick it up a notch. I wasn't happy with the 17 draw. I wanted to be down the middle somewhere, you know. So, uh, so I don't know how that's going to affect the situation. You know, he's going to have to use them harder from the outside. But, um, you know, when you have a horse like Tizalaw and what he's done and the way he's run in his last race, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, we're excited about it, but we're like, uh, you know, he's, you know, and if he still looks good, he's doing well. And, you know, it's sort of tough to, I, 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 th- I saw the, uh, the Jack Nolan today. I was talking to him in the pack. I was schooling my horses. And I told him, I said, you know, now I know what, what the other trainers felt like when I brought Farrell and Justify into these races, you know, <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> You know, the only way you're going to beat him is, is racing luck, you know. And so, uh, you know, but that can happen. You know, we, we, we've seen it happen. And so, but uh, you don't want to wish that on anybody. But uh, but it's it's sort of, you know, I, I feel like I have their threats, you know, but can they win? You know, they can win, but everything's going to have to go really well for them. It's almost become like a tradition to have you here for the Kentucky Derby. I remember when you ran uh, Cavanier. And I think you got nailed right on the head, uh, right on the wire by Grindstone and Jerry Bailey. That, and, and I recall sitting on the guinea stand at Del Mar after Silver Charm got nosed out by, got beat by Touch Gold and David Hoffman's. And it just, you're an extremely competitive individual and you don't like to lose. I can relate to that because I hate to lose at anything myself. When you look at your horses and you're looking at the Derby, on all the horses that have actually turned out well for you, did you know well in advance that you had something that was going to win? Yeah, I knew. I felt uh, uh, – I really thought point given was a, was just a given – and that that didn't work out. Uh, I felt now, before you go into place, before you go into place else, let's talk about that. That always that bothered me for for years because I thought that horse was a cinch going into the Derby. Can you tell us what happened? Well, I think a little bit too overconfident, and the I remember we remember we used to pick our own post positions then, and he was picked one of the last ones, and um, there was two holes left for him, two and 17, and I wanted to take the two. And Prince Auckman was there, and Gary was there, and Gary Stevens was so adamant he wanted the 17 because he was going to ride him like he did Thunder Gold from the outside, and he was, had his all figured out. You know, I'm just going to, you know, just, and it sounded like a great story. So he took the 17, and so then, but I, I wanted the two. I wanted to save ground with him, you know, because, and uh, all of a sudden we 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 have the press conference, and the first question that was asked, I'll never forget this, Jenny Reese. She says, Bob, I was surprised you picked the 17 because there's never been a winner out of the 17 hole, and I said. Jenny, I wish you would have told me that. <laughs> I would have stayed away from that damn hole, you know, and there's still never been a way out of there. And uh, and I'll never forget, American Pharaoh, remember, he drew the 18. 
And then there was a scratch, and he was in the 17. I go, that's nice. And then there was another scratch. He was in the 16. So I sort of, so I sort of missed it. But uh, so Jack Knowlton, you know, I was telling Jack Knowlton's story today. He said, yeah, but that doesn't count anymore because we got a new starting gate. So maybe forget about that. Uh, so if Pizzolatto doesn't win, it's the number 17 got him. Did you know in Europe that's the bad luck number? It's not 13. No. It's 17. Oh, really? That's the inter- yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I remember my mother telling me that when I was uh, when I was young. 13's not the bad number. 17 is. But um, though, uh, so what is which one is your most memorable derby? Oh, I would say, uh, I mean, Silver Charm, you know, because I just got beat. When I came in with Cavanier, I was just hoping to light the board. I was having a great time. It was a lot of fun. And, and it was unbrid- It was all about Unbridled Song. I mean, Unbridled Song was could not lose, could not lose. And actually, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have lost if he hadn't got the quarter crack. And then he got the quarter crack that week. And they put the bar shoes, and he was in my barn. It was just, I'm, I'm there, there was like 100 reporters outside his barn every morning. You know, it was just heavy duty. And there was nobody would come over to talk to me. And I was just dying to talk to somebody, you know. And um, and so Boy, I remember changed. walking up. And, <laughs> that's you know, changed. And, I remember, <laughs> and now I wish it was, you know, now I went like, oh, boy, you know. You know, it's not, now I'm the target. But uh, I remember the uh, walking up there doing the walk. We went with Unbridled Song. I said, we're going we're gonna to go and. And I told that Jim Ryerson, we'll just go up a little bit late. We'll let people go. We'll go together. It, and they, and I remember the guy was coming. He said, okay, you got to go now. I said, uh, well, I said, hey, they, they're not going to have this race without Unbridled Song. I'm, they're not worried about me. You're, <laughs> you're the big dog here, dude. I said, uh, you're, you, you're, you run this show. You go whenever you want to. We're just going to follow you. So we just followed him. But I'll never forget that first walk-up uh, it was really great. I had my brothers with me, and it was like I felt like I was walking to the OK Corral, you know, like man, we're just going up there and we're following Unbridled Song, and like I said, I was just hoping to run, hit the board, and then when they turned for home, and all of a sudden Unbridled Song, you could, he was faltering, and uh, he uh, all of a sudden we take the lead, and and I could not believe it, Julio. I thought I cannot believe I'm. I'm in the lead in the Kentucky Derby, and I, I couldn't, you know, I wasn't mentally prepared for it. And I've never yelled and screamed so hard in my life. I mean, screaming. And and I thought he might have held on. And I felt like, I sort of felt like I knew what it felt like to win the Derby. And then after a few minutes, and you know, we figured out we didn't. It was just it's so disheartening because I thought I'd never get another chance to get back you know i thought this is it i blew my shot I'm, you know i'm done and um it, it was just amazing and to come back with silver charm and it looked like he was going to get beat but he held on and to me that was like it was all you know to me it was the lord's way of saying all right bob we just want to tease you a little bit you know but uh it was just it just it was so gratifying that win silver charm was a real special horse i got to see you train him from day one, especially at Del Mar, when he, you kept working them with a filly and they kept going 112. And I remember asking you, and I said, Bob, why do you work with that filly? And I remember you said, he goes, because he, he barely gets by her. And, um, and then, of course, his debut, 
Uh, he was uh, entry with uh, a horse named Gold something, a tribute Gold, I think, for the Lewises also, and D. Wayne Lucas. And you guys duel, was- and, and, you know, indeeds at words nails you on the wire. Um, um, no, that was actually, no, no, no. No, no, no. It, these not words. Beat me. I think right. it was a hit. Did he beat? No, you know what? He might know. He beat uh, Point Given first out. These not words. I think huh. he beat. Did he beat? Was that these well, not words? Well, Somebody no, beat. I the, Lucas, Lucas beat you that first time out with Silver, yeah. Char- Silver Charm. And, and the I next day. I cannot believe he got beat. Yeah. And I know. The next day, that's exactly what you said to me the next day. I can't believe I got beat. Well, I won't lose. Next time out. But then you kind of, with Silver Charm, you, you had to kind of, you had ran him. I think you ran him in the Salmon Sente. I think he won the Salmon Sente. Then you hooked in the free house. And then, uh, and then when you stretched him out, uh, he did what he did. Uh, so Silver Charm was really kind of the, 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 the big horse that took you over. And then the next year is real quiet. And uh, I believe you had Indian Charlie in the same race. Uh, we're going through your derbies here, but... Going through memory lane on all those horses, each one of them has a distinct little memory and a little special quality to it, doesn't it? Yeah, because it's funny how Indian Charlie and I had real quiet, and Indian Charlie was owned by the Earnhardt, and the Earnhards are the ones that introduced me to Mike Pegram, and I wish, and then they had, they end up in the Derby the same year, you know. That's wow. like uh, from my quarter horse guys, you know, and so. Uh, and Indian Charlie, he was his his Sandia Derby was the most impressive, and he's I think he sort of bounced off of that. He he was like talent wise, he was really a top top horse, you know. And um, and I always thought that maybe uh, the Derby he didn't really he was there, but he really didn't run his race, you know. Mile and a quarter that was just too much for him, you know. And real quiet, all of a sudden, he, real quiet, he bloomed when I brought him to Kentucky. He just I could see it. And the work before the uh, the derby was unbelievable. I think I worked him on a Monday. He went five eighths, and he went out like an eleven and change. And I'll never forget. Uh, I was driving back from the grandstand. I had Mike Pegram with me, and I told Mike, "We're driving. We're driving under the tunnel." I said, "You know, Mike, this horse got a shot to win this race. The way he worked, you know, I think I, I like him better than Indian Charlie's work." And Mike is like very superstitious and says, don't you tell any damn reporters that. Just keep it to yourself. <laughs> I'll never forget. Maybe we'll get a prize. But he didn't want to jinx the horse. You know, don't you tell, don't you say anything, Danny. You just keep that to yourself. And I go, all right, don't worry about it. But it was just, it was, it was unbelievable work. I go, wow. And Dana was working them. And Dana worked in, I'd work Indian Charlie first and then Every time I asked Dana afterwards, oh, and then Charlie's a horse, and then Charlie. And that, that last work, she goes, she goes ah, I don't know, that horse, wow, he was really something today, you know. So, man, he's really coming around. So, You, but, you did yeah, it another time. You, you did it another time, too. And it was, I think, I want to say it's 2003 or 2004. We were going back and forth on either email, because I don't think we had text yet. And you wrote me and said, you know, my horse is okay. And that was War Emblem. So you've yeah, been known to, you know, yeah. You, uh, and, and I remember getting that email and I went, Bob, like, is War Emblem? 
you know? And because you remember, you, I think you were bottom just like about three, four weeks before out of the Illinois Derby. And, um, you know, I thought that was really, you know, so you've had, so when you, you kind of look at the works for the Derby and you kind of really get a good feel, don't you? You can see it by the works, whether you got a big shot or not, or somebody in the field has a big shot or not. You know, you can tell when I work them, if I work them five eights and you watch them gallop out, those horses go out there and they gallop out and 12, go out there. When they go seven, eight, when they gallop out seven, eights and 24 and change, those, that's when I, that's when I know, oh boy, this is, this guy's special, special when they do that. And then there's some horse I brought here at work and they go out 13 and they go out like at 26 and I go, uh, and Joel asked, what do you think? I was, I thought he had more than that. <laughs> you know, maybe the track was deep today, but the real the good ones, though, they, they, they do it, you know. The, and so. Um, and they bounce but, back, don't they, Bob? They bounce back quickly. And they bounce they? back. They, they don't get tired. They, they, there's something about them. They're superior horses. And, and I think American Barrels Race, I was, that's probably the one I was more nervous about because I had him in Dortmund. And Dortmund actually, he um, he didn't ship very well. He got a little colicky on me the day before he shipped, and, uh, and he was light. He's a light horse. He's a little bit far for him, but I, I, I you know, he. Uh, but Pharaoh, he was. He sort of lost it going to the paddock. Everybody was walking next to him, and he started getting a little hot. And and, um, and it, when Victor started riding him at the two and a half, I thought, oh my, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, you know. But the horse, he pulled it out. He pulled it out himself that day, you know, the really because he's so great. He pulled it out, and then I and and barely won. And and I remember my wife Jill. You know, that night she said, "Okay, honey, I know we won and all that, but what happened to our super horse?" <laughs> I mean. Victor had to ride him like a, like from the two and a half on. I said, you know what? He he lost a little bit, but you know what? This horse wants to be in the lead. We we took a hold of him and we let Dortmund on the lead. And I think he just wants to run freely. And that and that's why the when the Preakness came, I said, told Victor, just let him rip, man. Put him on the lead. If he gets beat, it's my fault. We'll just go home, you know. And and he just, you know, he just wanted to run horses into the ground. He was just, those fast horses, like, they just keep going. Like the Holy Bull, you know, those horses, like, they just go, you know. Justify, same way. Justify was interesting to me. And we're not going to get into the other stuff. I, I'm just not going to get into it. But Justify was interesting to me because of Scat Daddy. And a lot of people judged him by Scat Daddy. What they didn't realize, Scat Daddy was actually had uh, a, an old time mayor from the Mandela Barn, was a second dam named Likeable Style. I don't know if you remember her. Uh, she was a, no, one of the first. She was phenomenal. Mayor. Yeah, phenomenal mayor. And, um, and it justified had her look because I clocked Likeable Style. He had the size. Now, you got him a little late, right? Rolfo Brissett had him here at Keeneland, and then you got him late, and it took you a while to get going. Tell me about Justify. What did? When did you figure out that? Wait a minute, I can get this guy to the Derby, and I can win it. Um, when I uh, I had him, we got him after the Breeders' Cup. He showed up at Los Alamitos. I remember seeing him down there, 
And uh, he'd worked a couple times. And Mike Marlowe, who runs my, uh, who used to work for Wayne, he, and he's a good judge of horses. He's had all these good horses. And he, he, every time they work, he sends me every day what's going on and everything. And he kept saying, I says, I think this this Justify is a serious horse. And I said, really? So, I'm, you know, I'm, so I go down there and I, I'm looking at, I'm looking, going through all the horses. And it come to him. I says, he says, you're going to love this horse, Bob. He's telling me this, this horse is serious. And I'm looking at this big chestnut and I goes, Who's he? Scat Daddy goes, why would they send me like a turf sprinter type? You know what I mean? I see this big body, powerful horse. And and Michael says, I'm telling you, I don't know if he's, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I might be wrong, but he's serious, Bob. He does things really easy. So uh, I said, well, let's get him over to, uh, and, and, uh, and Elliot Walden kept saying, when are you going to get that horse over there? Well, he He's got to go when Mike tells you know he's you know we get him to a certain point and I get him. He says I'm telling you he's a good one so uh, so I brought him over and so I, on the deep track I left the half mile pole leave the leave work him a half and he was just working I kept watching him and I tell the rider just keep going. Graden was on he kept going he went a half then he went a minute he said keep going and he was just doing it easy and he went out in like thirteen it's like in a gallop. And I come back and I go, you know, for the first time for most of the meals, they get exhausted. And, and Drayden, I go, Drayden, he says, Drayden goes, wow, this guy is unbelievable. And I go, that's what I knew right there. This is really, so I call Elliot, you know what, this horse can really run. He says, I've been trying to tell you, you want to get him to the, you know. And, and so we, we set up a race, I, you know, we worked from the gate. And, uh, but when he, uh, when he broke his maiden, I knew right there that 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 horse could um, was a Derby horse, but we you know we, didn't, we had to find a race. L- luckily, there was a race in the book already written going a mile, and we we put him in there. And if that if that hadn't, we probably wouldn't have run in the Derby because we needed that race, you know. What about Gamine? Tell us about Gamine. I mean, she's been incredible in the last two starts. And uh, around one turn, what do you see from her that tells you she's going to be able to handle the two turns and the distance without a problem? Well, I mean, she went two turns already at Oakland, you know, uh, and right. she did that off a, a, a five and a half furlong sprint, and she was really light. I remember seeing her up there. I didn't do, you know, I put a strong work into her, and I sent her up there, and she was light, and she got a little nervous when she got there, and. And I kept, I was, I kept waiting for her to just uh, open up and win by ten. You know, we're we were entering a state, but she didn't get in. She, and and it turned out, speech turned out to be a, a serious horror. So she beat speech that day. But you know, speech looked like she was just going to run right by her, and if she came to her, she wouldn't let her by. So, and then after that, then I got a chance to really. But she, she just. I think she's like a female version of Justify, you know, just but not as heavy, you know. He's a big, powerful horse, but just the, the brilliance is there, and um, just a really beautiful mare. But you know, like mile and eighth, you never know until you do it, though. You know, Julio, and we got to see what you know, what kind of pace she gets, you know. And so I'm sure they're going to go after her. So 
see what happens. Well, there. the one thing about her that I do notice what you talk about is when you say keep going. You see, you know, a lot of you know a lot of people stop their watching a horse when it hits the wire, but that's just when she's doing. You know, she's stretching out. You work to where quality response two times. It doesn't look like a bad horse. Um, and, you know, she just kicked away. I think their last work, there was a team in front of her, and she saw them, and she just extended and went on. Um, is that what you mean well, when I was, you say, I, I, I was, just I was in the going? radio. Yeah, when, I, when, I, when I'm on the radio and they'll be together, and then I'll say, okay, let her out. And then he just, when she takes off, that's when I give him the word, and she just took off, you know. So I mean, she she can go with a she can just she can cruise, but she's quick, she's fast, but she does it easy, you know. And so uh, it's all a matter of you know, it's the pace. It's the pace makes a race. Do what she does, you know. First part of it, you know. Uh, speech is a pretty good filly. The way she's training, her last work, uh, she was right behind Art Collector, and I happened to pick her up right from the from the five eight. So I had her in fifty nine and change. Uh, she went out in twelve. Um, Mike McCarthy kind of does the same thing. He lets them let out a notch after they get to the wire, and they do a lot more. Uh, is, is speech the one horse you're worried about in the Kentucky Oaks? Well, she's been the closest to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she came back, and she ran really well. And, you know, and, and Swiss, Swiss, um, the, Skydiver, she's, she's yeah. Tough, you know. Yeah, the Swiss guy there. She's tough, you know, and she, she's going to be tough. There, it's a good. It's a. Those are three really top top fillies, you know. But it sounds like, like uh, it sounds like uh, it sounds like Gamin uh, is going to be a horse that. Uh, well, this is a twenty twenty. This is a the new normal, a crazy year. How is this going to affect your planning? For you, you know, from the Derby now on to the Breeders' Cup, um, it's all new, isn't it? We're kind of making it up as we go along. Well, you know what? I haven't even. I don't even think about the Breeders' Cup right now. Right now, we've just been thinking about this. You know, get them to the. Um, you know, the Breeders' Cup is about the older horses, Maximum uh, uh, McKenzie, who's here to run Friday, and. Uh, to get him there, and then, but uh, this filly here, we got to see what she does, you know, and see how she handles this. And um, and the uh, authentic uh, and thousand words, you know, they're, you know, we look at this, you look at the Preakness. Breeders' Cup haven't really thought about it, you know. I think the older horses are pretty tough, you know, but um, it, it's hard to say. You got a pretty good one in maximum security. He's been my favorite horse for for the last year and a half. I was brokenhearted when they took. Him. I think I sat next to you. Uh, we were watching your workers, and we were talking about the Derby. And I looked over at you and I said, "Maximum security is a really, really good horse." And I know when you agree with me because sometimes you'll look over and you won't say a word. It's hard to keep you from saying something, even funny. Sometimes, but you just looked at me, and you know now you get to train him. What now that you saw him from afar, you saw him in the Derby last year. What do you think of him now as a as a four year old? He's in your barn, and he just won the big cat. Yeah, <clears throat> you know it was we had to get to know him, and you know he was he was trained totally differently. Uh, 
then, you know, it was, I mean, I don't know how he trained him, but I know he would go miles or whatever. I don't know. It was just weird stuff. And, uh, so I just got him used to working, uh, on a weekly schedule like I do with my other horses. And, uh, and he found out he wasn't a very good, he's not a real good workhorse. And, uh, Especially when I have to put something in front of him to make him to, to get him fit because he's a heavy horse, heavy horse. I remember when I went to Saudi, and I I saw him. You know, he was walking by me. Go, man, that horse looks really heavy. You know, he looked. I said, maybe we got a shot to beat him. He looked heavy. You know, uh, like fat heavy. But that's the way he's a little butterball type of horse. You know, and and train for home. I thought I was gone. I mean, I thought. Which are good stuff. I couldn't believe I was seeing. I go, man. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you could tell that Max was like, he was struggling from the top of the stretch. And that that horse, he does not want to lose. He just willed his way in it, just like he did in the San Diego. He was in that rider got him in a top a tough spot. They had him blocked. He had to come around. You know how Del Mar is heavy. It's hard to close. And he still got there. You know, he he. I just I had a feeling. You know, he's got that. And Silver Charm is the same way. He reminds me a lot of Silver Charm. They just have that that will to win, you know. They just, they're just they just tough to get by. And I think that's the reason Jason ran him in a maiden 16, because he worked him with a, with two maiden claimers, who I think are still maiden claimers, um, and, and, yeah, five, I, I and, and a half a mile. And a half a mile. And, and he basically just sat there next to him and didn't do anything. So I can see where I think his fastest gate work was a 103 going into his debut. So I can see where Jason would have said, you know, I don't know how much he's got in the tank. And the way you used to train him, Bobby, would take him and he would, you know, he would two minute lick him for probably about seven furlongs. And then he'd let him finish the last eighth of a mile or the last quarter of a mile. And then the last three eighths in 38, 39 and, or 52. So those acts, how he kept them, and, and he kept all that weight on them. But boy, when you got that frame going, especially if you got an opening quarter, he would he would finish five eighths and fifty nine and four uh, in a race for his last five, whether it was yeah. seven eighths or was it a mile and a quarter and an eighth. So um, where, uh, how did he come out of the race, and where are you pointing to next with Maximum? No, he came out of it really well. Uh... Matter of fact, he's a he's a he's a kind of horse that he he he, he thrives on training and running. You know, I, you know, it's too bad they didn't run him back in the Preakness last year. I mean, that would have been uh, he would you know he would uh, he's t- he's that tough. He's a tough horse, you know. But the um, I'm probably gonna stay home with him and run him in the Austin again. I was thinking about the New York race, uh, but it's it's a mile and a quarter. Four, it's uh, I wish it would have been about a week earlier. You know, it would have been a little bit. Um, and, and Mr. West, he he sort of wants to see him run in California because he he was very emotional. This horse is the ups and downs of this horse that they've been through with this horse. And when he when he won the other day, uh, Mrs. They were so emotional, you know, when he won and and um, you know. He, I mean, what's the worst? You win a derby, they take it away from you, then you go through all this other stuff. It's just, you know, it's, it's just been. Uh, and the horse is, God, he's a good horse. He's, and he's a cool horse. He's, you know, but it's sort of weird, you know. I, I, I took him over because 
Gary's my friend and, and, uh, and he didn't know what to do. So, uh, but it's been, it's, you know, it's, he's there. And when you, you look, go by there and look at him and there he is, I go there, there's, there's, everybody says, you know, you've never tra- had six derby winners. Well, I sort of, I sort of had six derby winners. It's <laughs> not official, you know, but uh, I've trained six derby winners. So what the hell? And by the way, it goes full circle. You trained his daddy New Year's Day. Yeah, I mean, you know, his, um, and he doesn't look at all anything like his, his sire, you know. He just looks, he's just a put together and a strong, uh, powerful, powerful horse, you know. He's just, uh, he sounds he's, like he's, he's won really you over. Good. He sounds like he's won you over, hasn't he? He sounds like one of your favorite well, horses now. I, I tell you what it is about him is that with the way he won the San Diego, he was beat and he got there. You know, he just got there. And there was something about him. When he turned for home, I was like, he's not supposed to, he, he says he can't get by this horse because that horse is sheriff when he gets an easy lead. He's tough. He's a good horse, you know, especially at Del Mar. And when he, uh, when he, uh, got to him, I just, and I used to feel that with silver charm or, and even like fair, I knew he says, he's not going to, he's not going to lose because what he did at Saudi Arabia, he did the same thing. He was beat and he, and he even dropped down. Remember what much, uh, mucho gusto or teaser floating him away the hell out there. And he dove in and still won. I mean, that, it takes a, unbelievable horse to do that you know and so um and it's he's just a he's just a really uh he's just a solid horse too very healthy too when i got him sound healthy horse one thing i want to ask you before i let you go um because i know people are yelling in my ear you know from their sets do you have any two-year-olds that we can look for in the next couple of months that possibly we could be sitting under the Twin Spires. Maybe next year you and I can sit on that spot and be able to watch our horses drink. Well, I've got there. I'm sort of behind on my two-year-old, Bruno. I mean, the only one right now that it is in advance of the Colts is a horse called Spielberg. He got beat first time out. Real classy horse. I'm going to run it back in the uh, Del Mar fraternity. And, um, I had two horse called Fenway and, and, uh, the other horse's name is Bezos, who they had a little issue and I had to stop on them for a couple months, but they'll be back. But that's Fenway and, and Bezos, they're, they're pretty outstanding calls, but I get there. I'm really behind right now. I'm just getting them going right Can now. Can I ask so, why? Is it because of the pandemic and all the stuff that's gone on this year that, that is, because I know a lot of people are are saying the same thing. I'm really behind on my Colts. I'm really behind on my Colts. Is it, 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 is it harder to train Colts, two-year-old, going through three-year-old Colts, than it is Phillies? Yeah, the Colts are hard to get going. You know, the Phillies get ready early. But the uh, the, the thing is about the, the – we didn't – you know, racing was shut down, and we weren't sure, so I in right away. And so um, – I think everybody, once this pandemic, we didn't know what was going on. Do we leave the farm? Do we bring them in? And so we got behind, and then you uh, then you get to Del Mar, and the track's so deep there now. They keep it so deep. It's 
is it's, it's, you've got to be careful. It's hard to get them going, you know, because to get them fed, you know. And so, um, but it's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you just we wait, let them come around, and uh, the good ones they'll 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 show up. But I, I really like this Spielberg. Well, fantastic, look- Bob. I want to thank you for taking this time. I know people love to hear from you. They want to hear what you say. They want to they want to know about the Derby this year. All I can tell you is there one there is one horse in this Derby that went one twenty four flat. And I'll leave it at that. Bob Baffert has been a good friend for a long time. We had a lot of fun at the sales together. We had a lot of fun at Del Mar and Santa Anita. I thank you. I always wish you good luck, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Anytime. I want to thank Bob Baffert again for coming on. And I thought we went down memory lane, and it was real fun for me to do it. I hope it was as fun for you. Now, let me bring in my buddy Ron Flatter from Las Vegas. Hey. Ronnie. How goes it? I don't know. You tell me. How's your week been? Good, good. Getting, uh, you know, getting there. A lot of work. We have, uh, you know, this is, uh, we have our webinars coming up uh, for Oaks and Derby. I'm excited about that. I'm halfway done through my works for for Churchill Downs Kentucky Derby card. Uh, Put about 500 works in for the whole entire week. So I'm waiting to get everything done and then I can breathe. Hey, I got a little bit of a promo for you then, because I was eavesdropping on you and Baffert when you got done and you were off the air. You but I'm not gonna stop. Tom. I was peeping Tomming. I was earing Tomming. Of course, you know, you guys all knew I was on the line, but I know you're going to include in your reports one horse. One horse. And I don't want, I'm gonna guess you don't want to give that away here. But one horse that you're looking at, especially because of what has been happening in the mornings. Oh, I've got more than one. I got a ton. Okay, I we thought... just had uh, ain't no Elmer's one today. I had big four star works on him, and ain't no Elmer's one on this two, on this Wednesday card, and paid like sixteen dollars. I could, I never I thought he would pay six to one, ever. Okay. So sometimes you know I just uh, I just read what I what I do in the morning. I look at those works. And I and and I react to that. I don't look at price or anything, and that's a problem. A lot of people want to look at price. I'm guilty of it. Make, you know, I'm guilty you know, stop. of it. Stop. Just pick the winner. Just pick the winner. But pick let me, the horse that you like and bet it. That's let me throw it. something at you here. Then, okay, if I look at the field and I see, and this happened to me, and it worked for me, and I've got to tell you, it's going to work every time. It did work for me. I looked at a shipper from Golden Gate that went to Del Mar last fall. Went in there, and I thought this is a horse that ought to be eight to one, ten to one. He was hanging 30, and he won the race, and I was all over it. And the reason I was all over it because I thought, this is an overlay, okay? Now, I understand that sometimes you can have overlays on horses that won't win. I get that. But my feeling is that the risk-reward is greater on a horse like that. Do you understand where I'm coming from there? I like to bet winners. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, right. I mean, I, you know, I like to bet horses, and I like to play horses. That makes sense to me from what I've seen. I don't sit there and say, well, this horse is nine to two. You know, if he's three to one, I'm not going to bet it. And then you don't bet it at three to one. And your other horse that you wanted to key him with is 15 and you get $120 exacta. And what are you doing is sitting on your butt because you're trying to play stock market when you can't do that in racing. I'm bet guilty of it. The I'm freaking I, winner. Bruno, I'm bet telling you, I am the guilty. freaking winner. I plead guilty. That's all you got to do. 
I'm pleading yeah. guilty. May, may yeah, I? Too many people plead for the mercy. Plead for the mercy of the Bruno. Well, listen. I am the kind of guy that you know. If when I was at Santa Anita and the, when you were at the track a lot, I knew who I would walk up to and give a horse to play, and it would win. And they would, and I knew they were going to be good luck for me because they were going to screw up on their bet. And it was amazing. <laughs> it's like you could tell them. You could walk over and say. <laughs> Doc, I like the one with the three, six, and eight. Let me repeat this, Doc. Three, <laughs> one with the three, six, and eight. And I would walk away. I told him the straight exact truth, and I told him how to play it. I knew when I came back after the race, he was screwing up his bet. But he was lucky for me. Every time I gave him that, I won, he lost. I can never figure out how. How did that happen? Because people sometimes cannot get out of their own way do you blame it's me nothing when I, that you're doing oh no, no i'm not what Bruno, you're doing, you know I, i'm guilty of everything you're charging me with or or others who are of my ilk let me give you an example of how i use your handicapping sheets and i've scored as a result of this is i will look at your handicapping sheets and take a glance over the top plays that you have and Look at your winners and see which ones. Okay, which ones are six to one? Which ones are five to one, six to that's, one? That's the perfect way to do it. That well, that's is what the I do. Perfect way to that's do exactly it. what I yeah. do. And I and I go across. Yeah. Look, I do my own handicapping too. And if we, you know, if we agree on something, then I'm like, okay, I'm pushing. I'm going to use both hands with this money. But if you have something that I haven't looked at yet, I'm going to say, okay, what did I miss here? And so that's that's that, perfect. Perfect. That is exactly right. Now take that tassel you have on the left side and move <laughs> it over to the right. Oh, you're talking about the the one on my hat, not on. Oh, never. Mind. No, take take your tassel that, those, on your that hat. Tassel. You've I'm, graduated I'm from the tassel. Racing with Bruno. How to play Racing with Bruno sheets? I'm products. glad to hear that we've managed to get to tassels on your podcast. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Well. The, the the you know it's called the flatter rule now. <laughs> so I got so, a legacy. Hey, Ron, I wanted to I want to wish you a fantastic Derby week. Thank you. You and, too. And um, and I enjoy you. You picked ten winners, eleven winners on Friday and Saturday. You know, and um, everybody out there, I think you're going to love the products. We put in a lot of work for it. Even Joe, even though he's sleeping now, he's been a good boy today. He did not get it. He knew Bob Baffert was in, and he knew that you know we we weren't playing. But um, Churchill is is here, and then we're going to go to Kentucky Downs, and then we're back at Churchill. I'm very excited. We already had a couple of really nice uh, plays yesterday. On actually on Tuesday, we had a $39 winner with a with a $290 exacta and a $630 one dollar trifecta on our sheet and a 1020 winner. We had eight no Elmers today that paid $16. This is a land of double digits. Play Churchill with us. You're not going to be sorry. Ron Flatter from Las Vegas. Thank you for joining me and thanks again to Bob Baffert. Happy Derby week. I'll see you on the webinars. Get more from Bruno by going to RacingWithBruno.com. This has been the Racing with Bruno podcast.